want to put a, a disclaimer out there or just let you know that I'm okay. There was a, a rumor going around town today. There was another church that actually was praying for me this morning, and I got a bunch of text messages and like, Charlie, are you okay? Are you all right? And uh, even one of our folks came in because she had gotten a message and I'm okay. I'm really good. It's uh, just part of being in the community, and uh, it's great how other churches pray for each other here in this community, and so I am thankful for that, but, but really, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. It just was my turn to be prayed for by that church this morning, so I thought that was kind of funny because people were, were concerned. Uh, last week, I was not feeling as great, but today, I'm feeling wonderful, so it's good here to be with you this morning. Um, can you guys help me out? Um, what are we studying again? What book of the Bible? Okay, First Peter. Oh, right, good. All right, make sure I have that here in my notes. No, it's good. If you're visiting with us here today, just so you know, I am not very good at teaching. I'm not like like Paul and Jesus. Um, they use rhetorical questions. I don't do that very well, so I need a lot of help. And so when I ask a question, I'll, I will wait for an answer because I do need it. And so you guys are helpful to me this morning as we are working through the book of First Peter. And we've made it all the way to chapter 2. So we're, we're moving. We're not moving fast, but we're moving through First Peter. And hopefully you're reading it and spending some time during the weekend in it as well. Because there is a lot there, and we can't cover it all on a Sunday morning. And um, some of those points and some of those messages that are hidden in there, and as you spend some time or marinate on them a little bit, God will reveal more and more, and it's that constant reminder. Um, you know, First Peter is meant to be read in one whole setting, and obviously we don't do that on a Sunday morning, so I want you to encourage you to, to take some time this week and, and read back through. But if you were with us, chapter 1, Peter lays down a great foundation, right? Talks about God the Father, the Spirit, Jesus certainly, puts a lot of emphasis on our salvation, right? How important that is, and to focus on the resurrection. And again, this letter is written to believers. In fact, it's written to believers who are really struggling because they're under constant fear of death. They're being persecuted. By Nero at this time, the Romans are closing in. Many of them have already been scattered. They've already left. You know, they're, they're places of comfort. Uh, many of their families have rejected them. So they're feeling alone. They're feeling discouraged. Um, and they need this encouragement. And Peter is giving them this message to encourage them that, hey, even as PJ had mentioned, hey, time is getting short. Make the most of it. Don't waste that time, right, until Jesus comes back again. And so that focus on that part of it Peter really has. And as I also mentioned, Peter was, when he wrote this, is getting later on in life. And so Peter has some wisdom. He's seen some things. He's, he's been around a little bit. And so he's passing that on. And these folks are in that, that area today that would be northern Turkey. It's a tough area. It was a tough area then, and it's even gotten worse. Today, that, that country and, and that area is predominantly Muslim. There are very few Christians there. It's a tough area to even get into as missionaries. But the gospel goes forth. And so Peter, in that time, is encouraging them. And if you were with us last week... I called you a bunch of rocks, right? Some of you are laughing, yeah. And it wasn't because you're hard-headed, although some of you may be. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure about that. You'll check with your wives or if you want to make sure. But no, we were called living stones, right? Living stones. Peter uses that illustration. I mentioned that Peter's name actually means rock. 
right? And so he would have picked up on that. But it's more importantly, not only the living stones, but they're stones that work together. And that Jesus is a cornerstone, right? He's the main stone. He's the focal point. And so Peter is pointing them back to Jesus. Don't lose sight of that. But also, how do we work together, right? And you'll see that now as Peter's letter shifts a little bit to some practical things. Like, how do we live this out? How do we work this out in the meantime? So we're going to jump into chapter 2 this morning in verse 11. Yes, we did verse 11 last week, but again, trying to get us some traction as we go forward into the, the rest of this and the rest of chapter 2. It starts off by saying, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So again, Peter makes this plea to us, right? He says, I urge you. I, I, sometimes it's even as strong as I command you, right? He's pleading with them. He's, he knows. He knows that you are not from this place. You're living in an area that you didn't grow up in. But more importantly, now as a believer, you're living in a time where it's different. It's not how it used to be. Remember also, a lot of these believers were from the Jewish faith right? They were used to the sacrificial system, the temple. Now they're nowhere near Jerusalem. They're far from it, far from their families. And so they're feeling out of place. Can I tell you, as believers, at times we're going to feel out of place. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's hard sometimes, right? We all kind of want to fit in. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to be, you know, recognized but as believers, we're going to be put in that situation, or we should be. And Peter is saying, it really is saying, embrace it. It's okay. It's, it's where you, God's called you to be. He even says that sometimes you're going to be falsely accused. You're going to be called out on things that you didn't even do or things you didn't even say. But Peter says that's not an excuse. Right? He says, live such good lives that even if they do accuse you, they have nothing to say. It'll be proven wrong. So again, how we live and how our reputation is, it matters as believers. It matters not only to God, but it matters to those around you. I always hearken to that fact. My, my hope and my prayer is as I'm in the community and other places that, that people will at least know me enough and that if they have a spiritual question, they may come to me first, right? That's the hope. It's not a guarantee, and, but you hope that someone will seek out after you. I, like you, have had people reject me and say, no, Charlie, I'm not there. I, I don't understand what you believe. But my hope is at some point in time, they'll come back. And say, hey, Charlie, remember you talked to me about my faith and about God. Can you help me a little bit more? And that should be for all of us, right? We want to be that first person they come back to and ask. All right, Peter shifts gears a little bit. Again, in the same mindset that they're being persecuted, verse 13 here. It says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to command those 
who do right. Stop there for a minute. That's a tough one, right? Submitting to the authorities, right? I don't have to tell you what we've been through and, again, all the regulations. And you can have your opinion, right, politically. This is what it's talking about here, politically. But at the end of the day, we are called to submit. God has allowed them to be in that place. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor, wait a minute. Doesn't, doesn't Peter say somewhere else that we follow God rather than man? Yes, amen and amen. That is in Scripture. And so there's a, a healthy balance there. But he also says that we are to submit to those in authority over us. Tough place. I, maybe you don't have this problem. I have this problem. It's tough for me sometimes. I wrestle with that. In fact, it, it's usually not my, my best first response. I I tend to react to it. I kind of buck up, and there's something in me that I get that stubborn streak, and I don't want to submit. But then God reminds me, it's like, hey, I'm the one that put them there. I've allowed them to be over you. And so if I'm being honest, I have to take some time and repent and say, all right, you're right, Lord. I agree. They are over me. And so it's tough. It's not easy to do. And again, in that day, we're not talking about great emperors. We're talking about Nero, the very person who's persecuting them. And Peter is saying, yeah, we're to submit to that. Tough, tough stuff. And when I look at in light of that, then it makes it a little bit easier to submit to the authorities that we have now in many ways. So again, reminder for us all. Verse 15 continues on with that same passage in the same spot here. It says, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Really, that kind of goes back to that reputation thing, right? And just looping back on that, that same thought that he had earlier. That's why we went back and read those verses about our reputation. It's the same thing here. And how we react to those in authority over us matters. It matters as believers. And again, it matters to God how we React. People are watching us as believers. It may come as a surprise to you, hopefully not. Right? So people are watching us. And so we have to be careful that we represent Christ. Verse 16. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Oh, there's a whole message on there, right? There's that other side of it, right? We are free in Christ. We, we even sang it in one of the songs, right? And I didn't know what we were singing this week. I, and Joe, there's no cameras in our house. It's just, it's just a matter of the Holy Spirit working those things out, right? But our freedom in Christ, yes, we have that freedom, but we have to be careful how we use it. I call it that healthy tension that we have, right? We're free, but yet we are bound as a slave to Christ. That's what he's saying here. There's, there, you can't have it to the extremes. Right? That healthy tension, that balance that God quite often has in his scriptures for us. And so there's that, that middle road that we need to stand in and continually. And you may say, well, Charlie, how do you do that? Well, there's not an A, B, C, right, for every situation. But I can tell you that the way that I've found the most helpful and probably the best way is to listen to the Holy Spirit. Pray about it. Listen for God's answer. 
And it's a step-by-step process. And it's a moment-by-moment, situation-by-situation. And I'm pretty sure I can back that up with Scripture. I know I can back that up with Scripture. So that's the how-to, right? Peter goes on, right? He's been giving us some tough stuff. He's going to hit us again here. Here's the next one, verse 17. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. As he's wrapping up this section here, this little this charge that he's given us, this, this urging that he's put on us, right? Show proper respect. Oh, man, is that ever lacking in today's society, right? We see that in our world. We, we, we don't respect others. We don't respect their opinion. We don't respect who they are, even as people. But we don't have that choice as believers. I don't think. We, I, we, we, we are commanded to do that. One of the things that helps me with that is to remember that, yes, even an unbeliever is made in God's image. And as a person, each and every person demands at least that respect. Sometimes the next one can be even tougher. Not you here at Pointway. I'm not saying that, but it says love the family of believers, right? There's a difference between showing respect and loving them and caring about them, right? It says later on in the scriptures that, right, they'll know us by our love for each other. So how we love each other and how we take care of each other. Remember, that love is an action thing, right? It's, a, it's just not lip service. It encompasses a lot. Love is patient. Love is kind. First Corinthians, if you want to go back and remind yourself. But there's a lot to that loving. And so we're to love the family of believers. Fear God, right? That's a healthy fear. It's a, it's a fear of God that it's out of you know, we talk, reverence, that fear that we, we want to please our Heavenly Father. We want to be found pleasing to him. Honor the emperor, right? He went back to that. Remember, the emperor at that time was not easy. That's, that's Nero he's talking about here. This is not an easier emperor. But again, he's reminding us about that submission, putting it into place. Shifting gears again on you. The passage shifts gears, right? We're going to talk about slaves. It's hard for us to get our minds around it, but I encourage you, think about it a little bit differently here as slaves. Think about it more as workers for an employer in this, because I don't want to get hung up on the slaves part. Our Western culture, we have a hard time with that. We harken back to a time, but again, in that time, it was a little more common, a lot more, um, more people were in slave. Tina says, owed them something, giving that up, so... As we read on here in verse 18, it says, Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. <clears throat> For it is commendable if someone bears up under the path of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you as an example that you should follow in his steps. Like I said, this helps us in today's context and in our culture to think of it as in the workplace, right? 
When you commit to a job and when you show up, which many of you will have to show up, I know, tomorrow morning, not easy, <clears throat> but to put yourself under that authority while you're there. Yes, it matters to God how we work and how we interact with our bosses. And I know this doesn't happen everywhere, but in some places that you work, you will be falsely accused or they'll be unjust or they'll require something more of you than they do of someone else. It won't be always fair, right? Anyone ever worked in one of those jobs? Uh, yeah. Yeah, most of us have, right? It was a good reminder for me as I was reading through this. In case some of you don't know, I haven't always been a pastor. I've actually have worked those jobs and, and put in those, those hours. And I worked for UPS for many years and then on the road and in warehouses and things like that. And guess what? I've not always had fair bosses. I've not always liked submitting myself to them for a time. And, and sometimes it's not, you don't have the easy, I can just walk, you have to send another job. Sometimes you have to stay there. You have to stay there and put up with a bad boss. But I believe the scripture is telling us that even in that situation, we can show Christ there. We should be showing Christ there. And again, how we work matters to God our reputation, even in the workplace. <clears throat> and if you need an example, he gives us one, right? He tells us, who's the example? Christ. Jesus Christ was the example. And it says we should follow in his steps. Again, there's a lot with that, following in Jesus' steps. Again, it aligns though with what Peter said earlier, right, about being holy, staying in a step. That's all part of this. Jesus is our example. He's the one that we are following. Reminder here in verse 22, it says, He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults, their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who, judge, who judges justly. Stop right there a little bit, right? It's hard not to respond in like. Right? It's hard not to respond in like. When someone's insulting you, someone's being unfair, someone sends you a nasty message, right? Or posts something about you. Christ gives us that example, though, of how to respond. And we all could take that pause and take that moment, right? It would save us a lot of bumps and bruises a lot of hurts, a lot of having to go back and ask for forgiveness, right? So it's a good reminder, right? He, he set that example for us of how to respond. Verse 24, he himself bore our sins and his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Again, there's a lot that's been written into this, but again, I think Peter is really just reminding us of the cross, right? In light of the cross, whatever I'm suffering now is, is not much. It's small. It's a lot to me at the moment, but really in light of the cross, 
It's a different picture, right? It's that reminder, kind of looking past the situation, past the, the current hurt, and looking beyond, right? Remember what Christ did. And certainly Christ's sufferings compared to my sufferings usually are not in the same category. They're not even close. Yet even through that, we can be healed. Lastly here, verse 25, we wrap up this section. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I love that verse. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls, right? That coming back, coming back to Jesus, that coming back to our faith, coming back to the cross, coming back to that relationship with Jesus, right? And trusting our souls to him. There's protection in that. There's comfort in that. There's security. There's peace. All those things that we seek after are wrapped up in that verse, right? The, the shepherd and sheep is, is so at I don't know how well you know sheep, but sheep need a lot of care. Sheep are not always, the, they're not very self-sustaining. They need someone to watch over them. They need someone to, to actually move them along. They have to be pushed Sometimes they need to be kind of guided a little bit. You know, if a sheep actually, if it doesn't even get up in the morning, it actually can die just sitting there. It's not, has enough gumption to even get up on its own. It needs help sometimes just to get up. They're very prone to sickness and illness. But we have a great shepherd. Peter's well aware of who he really needs here to get him through. And it's that pointing back to Jesus. So just a couple of questions this week as I uh, close this. Next week, we'll, we'll look at our relationship with husbands and wives. So if you're married, you definitely want to be here next week. If you're single, you definitely want to be here next week. Uh, but this week, because again, there will be some good information there as well and some good guidance. But this week couple of questions for you, just something to take with you this afternoon and think about and hopefully throughout the week, but how do you respond to those in authority over us? How do you respond to those in authority over us? Second question, how is your reputation in the community? How is your reputation in the community? If I was to meet one of your coworkers or one of your friends and, and I said, hey, how about that guy? How is he? Or how about that young lady? How is she? How does she, how she do at work? What would they say? Right? And then lastly, how are you doing loving the family? How are you doing loving the family, the family of believers, us here at Point Way? Just a reminder of those things. Bow with me, please. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, as there's so much in these scriptures for us and how we are to live, Lord, we recognize that we need your help. Lord, we recognize that we can only do this through you. Lord, I also pray that if there's someone here today that's struggling with that, 
that you would lovingly correct, rebuke, and turn us around. Lord, may you also help us to love one another as you've called us to love. And that we would be known in this community as a group of believers who love each other and care for each other. And Lord, we just thank you for today. I thank you for each and every person that's here today. Lord, may you just continue to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.